Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Tom, yes, how are you doing? You doing I'm all right? Well, I'm well. Are you? You look good. Thank you. Yeah, you look wow. good. And so, what do you uh, want? You want no, no, I don't want something. I was going to say something bad afterwards. It might be perceived as bad, and that yeah. is that, uh, you know, between you and I, we've got over a hundred years of like life experience combined. That's a lot. I know that's a lot. We're old. Yeah. Well, we are. We are uh, getting on in years. Um, and of course, now in reality, I'm only. 35 of that and you're 65 of that but, <laughs> uh, but it's nice when we have it at the table like to skew the but age down a little it, bit i know I don't you don't you don't look at all you do you the miracle of modern science and all that stuff you buy but uh w- the age has been skewed down by our guest you know kind of nice. and uh, we are gonna, we're going to talk about maybe a little bit about the youth of the church and, and the future of the church and the vibrancy of the church uh and to do that we welcome uh father nathan crumley is that I say that right? Cromley? Yes, you did. Yes. Oh, very good. So, Father Nathan Cromley, uh, who is a, a a priest of the community of Saint John, but also the president and founder of Saint John Institute. We'll talk about all that stuff in a minute. Father Nathan, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm pleased to join you at the cafe here. That's great. And so uh, we, you know, we're thinking about the future of the church, and it's so easy sometimes. You know, you go into mass. And maybe if you go like to a daily mass, sometimes the the age tends to be skewed a little higher. And sometimes we look at the the future of the church, and we don't get excited. Sometimes we'll get because we think like well, the church is old and it's not doing anything. There's no um, there's no life in the church. Sometimes I, I know there are pockets, and we get excited about certain things. But then there's guys like you that come along, and and we look at the ministries that you're involved in. Maybe your cares and what. What, what fires you up, obviously the Holy Spirit, but where the Holy Spirit's leading you and directing you. And you probably have a very different view of the church, don't you, in terms of uh, its vibrancy and its potential. Yes, I've been all over the United States working with young people who are just aching to get in there and make a difference. And that's the good news that we have to say is that the, the younger ranks, far from being disimpassioned, are just waiting to give their gifts. I think that's one of the things that I've noticed the most is that I don't think we do a good enough job of calling upon them mm. to say, hey, give your talents and your skills to the gospel instead right. of just to the world of business or the world. Well, like it seems types. in this culture, right, that young folks, especially our young adults, young families, they're fired up about a lot of stuff, right? They want to save the planet. They want to, you know, they want to re-envision government and they want, they want to get active and involved in things. But it's not always sort of faith centric. That's right. And yet the faith is the most right. rich and, you know, it, you, there's the most to dedicate yourself to. I think of J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of Lord of the Rings, who said, in the Blessed Sacrament, you have romance, courage, everything that's worth fighting and living for is in the Blessed Sacrament. Beautiful. And that type of looking at Catholicism more than just a set of beliefs, but as a romance, something that I think our young people really would respond to. Right. Well, Tom has hobbit feet, and I don't know if that ties into what you just said. But, you know, a lot You're of people... You're looking for it, aren't you? <laughs> You're going to get it. But that's beautiful. A lot of people don't realize that Tolkien was was a, a, oh, a great yeah. faith-filled man, uh, and that even in the Lord of the Rings, we see some great uh, faith teachings that yeah. we can we can we can. Uh, I'm actually going to be going there in uh, December, in a month from now. Oh, really? I'll be climbing Mount Doom with a group of young Catholics. We'll be saying Mass on Mount Doom, 
And then we're all going to have little rings that we're going to throw off the top of Mount Doom okay. that symbolize our sins. That's cool. Don't let anybody bite somebody's finger off to get the ring, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then you have to throw them into the, the, the fire pit. That's why Tom's not coming okay, on. That's exactly right. <laughs> so tell me about that, though. Um, so you're going with young people, yeah. right? And, and we'll define young people. What, what age are we talking about? 18 to 35. All right. So these are this is like a critical audience, people who are... I mean, they're hungry, right? Don't you get that sense? I get when I teach RCIA, when I'm talking to folks, they start getting impassioned when they're starting to ask about, like, what's real. Right. I guess the world's filled with so much uh, fake stuff, I guess, or just temporal or just they're not getting satiated or they don't feel any kind of satisfaction from the stuff that the world offers, I guess, is a, is a sense. Do you get that same sense when you talk to young people? Well, you know, that's actually what I think is our great advantage. A lot of times people kind of get a little bit depressed about the church's evangelization. They say the young people aren't responding to it, etc. And that's because we need to repackage our language and our approach about Christ. Because, in fact, the young people are looking for him all over the place. Right. And we have something that the world could never offer. That's community true relationships, the personal gift of one another. And that's where we have to leverage a lot more because that's what the millennials will actually respond to right. with, with more passion. And it's not just about, um, I know you said repackage, but it really is, it's the, essentially the new evangelization, right? Yeah. Pope St. John Paul II. New, and, and, new methods, right. new, new ardor. Right. right. It's, so it's a beautiful, and that, again, the very fact that we have a radio show, and not only is it on terrestrial radio stations, but it's like it's podcast. And I think a huge number of our listeners are actually on iTunes, uh, which is exciting. Uh, but it's where they are. Um, the number of times that my kids, I've got nine kids, and the number of times that they've come up to me and they said, you've got to see this. What, they're always showing me a laptop or an iPhone or an iPad or something like that, and they want me to see a video or a blog site or something. And this is where people are being fed. Uh, and so we have to wonder, are we... Uh, are we uh, part of that feeding, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Or is it everything else in the world? Talk about the challenge, I think, that kids have in discerning what's, what's true and what's real uh, in the world. What, what is your experience with kids and when they come to you? Well, you know, the young people that we're dealing with are a different breed from our generation. There's like a, a difference because the use of the media, the graphic design, the artificial intelligence, the virtual reality that's out there is so much more pronounced that a lot of them are actually jaded and skeptical mm. about advertisements because they've gotten so used to incredibly uh, advanced things that exactly they, they don't know how to differentiate between the truth and the falsehood when it's there. But they do have a huge propensity for relationships and friendships. And I think that that's kind of the doorway through which we can enter with the proclamation of Jesus Christ. So, again, uh, then you would look at sort of the, the virtual world, and sometimes there's a... The, the, the virtual, the technology will actually pull people apart, right? Even right. though you think that, oh, I'm talking to some guy in Kenya, while yeah. at the same time, whatever. And there's some blessings in that. But the reality is also there's a lot of times where we'll sit with the social media and we'll, we'll be like looking at screens versus looking at yeah. other people. So you... In the I, ministries and things that you're involved in, I mean, do you you like to do the the face to face stuff as uh, as part of all face, that? But I always like to take them into nature. So, ah. like, if you think of it, we've had trips to Iceland, to Scotland, to Norway. We're going to New Zealand. We've been to Hawaii twice, and these trips are completely full. We're going to be doing the Grand Canyon next summer because what the young people discover there is by pushing their limits, they find 
a realism, a sense of, of who they really are in the eyes of others that you can't fake or falsify. And that's where Christ enters into their Now, hearts. is this the mm-hmm. Eagle Eye Ministries thing that you're talking about when you do these things? Describe what it is, what, the, what, the, what it looks like when you go out there. What, yeah. what are you doing? Well, Eagle Eye Ministries does all kinds of different things. We have five different approaches to evangelization. So just the one that focuses on outdoors is called Eagle Eye Excursions. And what we do, well, we, we fly into a destination so that we all meet at the airport. And then everyone uh, spends a day grouping and making sure the gear is okay. And then we're off. We're off the grid. We're out of contact with, with uh, the normal society that they're in so that they can discover the authenticity Wait, there's no of the Taco gospel. Bell out there? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. Wow. There's buffalo, rattlesnakes, uh, <laughs> eagles. Very neat. And there's not an app for this either, yeah. right? You've actually got to do it. You actually go out there. We are the app. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's, that's great. I'm looking forward to next year I get to go out to um, Philmont Scout Ranch with my t- oh. two that my two youngest boys are like I have six boys and the top four have all gotten eagle and the, and the last two are working on it so we're going to go to Philmont and just the idea of being out there with them is going to be a oh. because all my other boys I've not been yet but just to be in nature uh, and one of the things I talk about in RCIA is that we can actually discover and God intends us to discover him to realize him to experience him and and to enjoy him in nature yes right and how beautiful that is so do you find that being in nature like uh, being out there separating kids from what they're used to experiencing yeah. do you is that a is it a are they more uh, fertile absolutely ground? absolutely and the the place that that intrigues them the most is actually the fact that they get to meet each other so ah. the nature element a lot of them like it some of them don't but there's when you have 50 pounds on your pack yeah. and you've got to go up 2,000 vertical feet uh, you realize who your friends are really quick and who you are. And that experience of authenticity in who awesome. they are is what they're really craving for. This is a doorway that the millennials are strong with. And we don't exploit enough. We don't, we, don't inculcate, we don't show the value of it enough to them. We act like they don't have anything to offer. But one of the great things they're bringing us is that insistence on an authenticity in their personhood. Wow, that's beautiful. Now, Eagle Eye Ministries, I guess at eagleeyeministries.org, is that the... Yeah, we're the, very creative. Yeah, Hey, that's all right. <laughs> eagleeyeministries.org. If it's yeah. easy enough to find, uh, more people are going to find it, certainly. Oh, yeah. So uh, if you're interested in that, that kind of aspect, maybe for yourself or for someone you know who might enjoy such an excursion, as it were, but really... Uh, just the opportunity for young people to get fired up about something that's positive and good and beautiful, oh. especially having a relationship with God. I imagine that's given you a great warmth in your heart to experience that. It has. Because I, I met so many young people that wanted to go deeper and didn't have a place to do it. So Eagle Eye Ministries is not for everybody. It's not a, a general kind of all-purpose tool. This is one where the young people who have faith and want to find fire for that faith right. can come to Eagle Eye. And so we really take them a lot deeper in everything that we do. We have adoration every day, mass every day, and the young people respond. We, we've had, we have 17 programs a year, and they're all full. And yet at our programs, a lot of our retreats will have four hours of class a day, four hours of prayer a day, and they keep coming back for more. And that's what I mean. Like If you put a challenge in front of them to say Christ is there for you to give to, the, to, to him, they'll respond. And I think that that's a, a thing that surprises us all. What, what, is, what does full mean, by the way? When, when you have a class or when you go out, what, how full are you? Well, our groups tend to be about 30 is what okay. we shoot for. When we, go out, when we go out into the wilderness, it's more according to the laws of the place, right. 15 to 20. But even so, the fact that you've got so many groups and they're full, uh, again, going back to that 
first when I first opened up the show talking about uh, you know sometimes we get a sense there's, is there really any hope everyone's so old and there's no one's fired up and you go out and experience yeah. that again that tells me I'm so excited when I meet mm-hmm. uh, especially when I encounter young people who are just fired up and they have something good to be fired up about yes well right? there's a lot of that hope John Paul II when he came to meet the young people at the very first World Youth Day in 1989 he said I came to greet the martyrs of the third millennium so the way he looked at the young person was calling on their greatness instead of predicting their failure. And I think that's the philosophy of Eagle Eye Ministries. That's the philosophy of the St. John Institute. And I think that's the philosophy of John Paul II and why he was successful. It's all his saints. Yeah. That's, beautiful. That's, well, we've been talking beautiful. to Father Nathan Cromley, um, and we've been talking about Eagle Eye Ministries. We have more to talk about uh, in, in our next segment. But before we do that, I remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Straczynski, and this is another great moment in church history. How can someone so small and weak in the eyes of the world have such a tremendous impact on the spiritual lives of millions around the globe? St. Therese of Lisieux, better known as the Little Flower, was this small person. Born in France over a century ago, she has changed the spiritual landscape of the entire world. St. Therese believed that little things done with great love were more pleasing to God than the mightiest deeds. She wrote, Love proves itself by deeds, so how am I to show my love? Great deeds are forbidden me. The only way I can prove my love is by scattering little flowers. And these flowers are every little sacrifice, every glance and word, and the doing of the least action for love. The little flower grew up as the youngest of five living children. She was a sensitive child who felt things deeply. These deep feelings and her thoughtful attitude led her to a strong prayer life at a very young age. By her own account, she would find a quiet place and spend hours contemplating the love of the Heavenly Father. As Therese entered her teen years, her older sisters began to go into religious life. This led the little flower to seek entrance to the Carmelite Monastery at the tender age of 14. She was initially refused by the superiors of the order, but her persistence paid off by taking her appeal all the way to the Pope in Rome. The superiors of the order were impressed by her persistence and maturity and allowed her to enter the Carmelite order at the age of 15. The next nine years were spent in quiet contemplation and service inside the tiny convent in Lisieux. Toward the end of her time in the convent, she began to suffer from the effects of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, a deadly infectious disease that attacks the lungs, leaves the sufferer with a chronic cough, fever, night sweats, and weight loss. St. Therese suffered seriously from this disease. She was reported to have said, I have reached the point of not being able to suffer anymore because all suffering is sweet to me. She accepted her affliction as a gift from God and saw it as a sign of his friendship with her. Little everyday things done in great love 
can lead us to a life of grace and deeper union with Christ. The little flower can show us the way. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. We're talking to Father Nathan Cromley, and he's a priest of the community of St. John. He's a president and founder of St. John Institute. We spent a lot of time, Father Nathan, talking about Eagle Eye Ministries and youth and vitality and potential. And maybe we didn't talk enough about some of the problems that, that people encounter that would hmm. that would keep them from... I don't know, feeling a sense of mission or, or to be to, to listen to the call of John Paul II or, or yeah. any um, modern-day saint calling them to holiness. Yeah. Uh, what are, the, what are the, the sort of pitfalls, the things that you're encountering that young people are encountering that, that might keep them from something like you're uh, offering here? You know, believe it or not, I think materialism, which today is so huge yeah. and makes everything look so fabulous and marvelous, actually suffocates the soul. Mm. And I think that that's actually our number one enemy for young people. It isn't that they don't, it isn't that they d- haven't heard the call to greatness. It's that they don't believe that they're capable of it. Their spirit has been like suffocated and strangled wow. by like living for things that are so much less than them. That as soon as you can liberate them with the perspective that they're made for greatness and that that greatness is possible for them in Christ Jesus, they rise. Awesome. Mm. I, I want to take a little time now and talk mm. about. The St. John Institute, this uh, another one of these ministries that you're you're working on now, because I think it kind of fits in nicely to this 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 whole um, scene that we're kind of painting here. And as I was thinking about this, <clears throat> I was thinking about the Great Commission and how Jesus, you know, instructs us to go, right? Go and make yeah. disciples. Go, go, go. Get out there and do all this stuff. But he doesn't spend like uh, giving you a detailed plan. Like this is how you're going to do it, mm-hmm. right? And so then you meet young people who are fired up, and I, I know many young families, many young folks that are like, maybe they're in college and, and they're thinking, what do I do? And they want to go into business or they want to go into yeah. something and do something. And they, but they've got this zeal. Uh, they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they want to evangelize. Right. But they're like sort of in a, you know, do I go into secular world and start working for this big corporation, this sort of nameless, faceless, whatever, work in the cubicle, and then go and be a spiritual holy person at night? And how do I accomplish all these right. things? And the St. John Institute, its mission seems kind of cool. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do at St. John Institute. We build bridges. We're going to build, we build bridges between the nation's greatest needs and the church's greatest talent so that the church's greatest talent doesn't live in the bubble anymore, but goes across the bridge and starts meeting the needs where the nation most awesome. needs us. And so there's that, that call exactly to go and make disciples, but it's by empowering them to get the skills that they need to be savvy in what they do, but to marry that to a devotion that will keep them from burning out and keep them from saying no like everyone else. They need to be able to say yes with consistency and vibrancy. That's the, the hope of the gospel. But to do that, you've got to be a little bit like St. Paul. When he had his conversion, he spent three years in the deserts of Arabia before he began to preach. And that three years' time is kind of what the right. St. John Institute is. Well, so they live with us. They pray with us. They get that deep contemplative spirituality that's going to carry them like it's carried the monks who built civilization to begin with to rebuild it in the shape of Christ This today. is not a typical you know, college experience. You know, This is not what you'd normally see 
uh, yeah. kids uh, doing or or the experience even in a in a good Catholic college or university yeah. or whatever th- this experience and you mentioned living in community what what does that do for the the young people that come uh, and try to and they, they want to get their MBA through St John Institute how, how, what do those folks experience in living in community what do they find they find the power of the church be honest with you it's pope francis who said that the missionary of today needs to be a person who smell likes the smell of the sheep and has the smell of the sheep well then we have all this vibrancy of technology and we got all these people that are starting their own ministries but the mystery of communion is what's fruitful in the church Mm. so we want our missionaries to be men and women who are from a community and who go and form community wherever they are because in that community the face of christ comes forth with richness I just I experience so many folks, especially um, people trying to make their way in the world, think that they have got to compartmentalize and segment everything. Right? This is my church life. This is my sports life or my entertainment life. This is my family totally. life, and it's all over the place. And you you're trying to teach them how integrated. to integrate. Yes, that's exactly it. That's one of our taglines. This is an integrated formation. And I found people in the business world are doing the same thing. If you go to an executive coach, he's going to teach you to integrate your life. Well, why don't we do this for our missionaries? Right. So that what we try to do at the St. John Institute is by showing them the religious life of the monastic style where you have the integrated life par excellence, prayer, work. They never take vacations, monks. We don't burn out. We have, we, we have every day the same rhythm carrying us through. I thought, why can't we take some of that and apply it to the layperson so that if they have the love that integrates culture, beauty, leadership, business, and prayer, right. those five components into one person, you basically have the Navy SEAL of the new evangelization. That, that <laughs> that's is a great line. Yeah, that is, that's awesome. I love on the website it says, are you ready to dare the heights? I mean, you still have that. Again, maybe that's the Denver thing. I don't know. But it's just like <laughs> the whole idea of uh, this is an exhilarating yeah. thing. It's not just going to get a degree. That's right. It's, it's, it's for those that the motto of our school is Aude Cristo Mania in Latin, which means dare great things for mm. Christ. So it's not for everybody. But I don't think that the new evangelization is necessarily uh, made up of leaders. These are for leaders. So the St. John Institute, what we're trying to do is say, we want lifelong, fruitful, dynamic people of hope. Because all around us in the church, there's a million reasons to quit. And you've got all kinds of forces that are going to be telling you, we've tried it before, it doesn't work. Yeah. The millennials are lost. The next generation And some of those forces away. are actually in the church. It's ridiculous. Some of our hierarchy are in, in the church saying, this is how we do it. You, you, yeah. you, oh, we got this time for confession. We got this number of masses. Right. We got these so kind of events. Just tell them to go away because yeah. our half an hour for confession is filled. <laughs> right. So the, those, those forces need to be counteracted with a deeper force of soul. That's the vibrancy of hope. Beautiful. And so at SJI, we're a school of hope. We want to plunge them into that. Because when you allow a young person to dare to open their minds to what could be, our whole church suddenly sees a new pathway forward. Mm-hmm. I tell you, sometimes I say, if I could lock my 12 students up in a room and give them the deepest problem, let's say, oh, what do we do with gender ideology? You throw that in front of 12 millennials, you leave them with one and a half hours, they'll come out with 20 solutions. You do the same thing for those who are a little bit older in life, and they'll find 20 reasons why it Amazing. won't work. So we need to capitalize on that hope-filled optimism and unleash it for the church. That sounds beautiful. You know, they say we only use 7% of our brains. Mm -hmm. I I say give the other 93% to Jesus and just see what happens. Amazing (laughs) things will happen, (laughs) won't it? 
So you, you've been talking a lot. We mentioned about the new evangelization a lot. We talk about Pope St. John Paul II a lot in, in this. Now, he obviously had a lot in, in your vocation, perhaps. I mean, how did that happen? I don't know the whole story, but... Sure. You, you, it was World Youth Day, the, oh, really? 1993 You're one of those priests. I'm one of I those priests. I love that. I was 17 years old, and the Holy Father gave his altar call, and he said, Who am I, you? Well, lay down his life for the sheep of Christ. And when I heard his voice, I got voice, chills. Wow. I just got chills. That's cool. <laughs> it's etched in my soul. We had a saint on our show. That's awesome. <laughs> so when 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 I heard that call, I just knew in my heart it was Jesus who was asking me if I would do that, and I said yes. And so now it's kind of neat. Almost twenty five years later, I find myself opening a school for for evangelizers in Denver, where it all started for me. That's awesome. And so for the people, not just evangelizers. Navy SEAL evangelizers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Navy yeah. SEALs of the new evangelization. That's serious. <laughs> that is, that's, that's, that's fantastic. That's the line of the day right there. And so I guess for people who might still be naysayers, people who think that it can't be done and it's not being done and there's nowhere in the church and the church has got to do this and got to do that. And this, Go on out and pay me a visit. I'd, man, love, it sounds I'd love to like have lunch it. with you. Information, if you want to find out more information, you can go to the websites, stjohninstitute.org. You have to spell out Saint, S-A-I-N-T. But stjohninstitute.org and also eagleeyeministries.org. If you want to email and uh, get somebody to contact you and find out, send an email to info at stjohninstitute.org. Again, spelling out saint. And info at eagleeyeministries.org. And the door is open for supporters, too, if they want to be a partner in this. If you're tired of saying, well, gosh, nothing's happening with my donations at SJI, things happen with your donations. Yeah, so let's talk about that for a second because obviously – it's not like you guys grow money trees out there, right? <laughs> and so, and the Lord's got an incredibly long list of things to be done. Yeah. And there's, but at the same time, sometimes people can't make it out there to do things for you. There are other concrete ways in which people can give of their themselves, and Absolutely. especially in, in, in financing and donations. Well, we are ready to open our first campus. And at that campus, that will be the home of this training, the training center for these future St. Paul's. I keep thinking, who's going to be the next Scott Hahn? Yeah. You know, the next Curtis Martin. And those are what our students will be. So we're, going to be, we're looking for gifts towards helping us make that a reality so that in August of next, next year, we move in with 12 students into our first campus. So I have the students. I just don't have the building. And then, of course, there's this, the daily operational needs. I'd like to launch a podcast of my own, yeah. for example. Sure. We've done such a good job with this. Mm-hmm. So I could use some funding for that. There's a whole list of things. And, but beyond the funding, though, we really want the encouragement, the brotherly, the and fraternal support, the prayer. Because what a neat idea to think that the church is not washed up in her effort Amen. to reach a culture that we've just begun. If you've heard anything, you've heard something that says the church is, is here, it's vibrant, it's alive. It's not going where Jesus promised. It's not going anywhere. Thanks so much for being here and sharing this. If you, again, want to help support them, you want to get more information, stjohninstitute.org, eagleeyeministries.org, uh, and you can send emails to info at both of those places. Father, thanks for being here. You're welcome. and God bless your ministry. I tell you what, we just want to be shrouded in the love of Mary, and so we're going to invoke her intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, now and in the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com, where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, Listen online 
Download MP3s or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.